Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Dr Zamboni, ironing water and the bad tasting Easter treat that Lippy quite likes. Now Lippy. Hello. Hello indeed. We've had a lovely message from a listener. We have, yes. And it's one we don't know. Although he has contact, contacted us before mm. about the shark is broken tickets. Uh, it turns out that he drove a Zamboni machine for seven years. Which is awesome. It is awesome. And I think we should call him Dr. Zamboni. Dr. Zamboni. Has to be I like a it. I like yeah, it. Has to be a doctor. So, and he, he agrees it is a neat machine. And he explains in language I can understand about how it works. Yes. So it has a blade that shaves the ice and then through the uh, the excess is augered, which is a bit like a uh, Archimedes screw, I think. So it it's a thing that turns. If you think if you see somebody putting fence posts in, sometimes they mm. have this massive great drill on a petrol driven thing. And that's an auger. So it's it, oh. but it's working in reverse. Well no, I suppose it's not actually. So instead of pulling earth out, it's pulling the ice up. And mm. then, then this is the bit that surprised me. It then heats the water to 180 degrees Fahrenheit and then lays that down on top of the ice. And I would have thought they would have put frozen water down, but no, they put um, very hot water down. Somehow Maybe it, it freezes. Better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is some something very technical that I don't understand. Is that why it's always really wet? Probably, yeah. Yes, it looks yeah. wet, doesn't it? And then it freezes yeah. over. And he was very interested in our boat trip, as he's um, going to hire a narrow boat next year. So I, yeah. put some, well, I put some photos that you had taken on Instagram. And uh, yeah, so there weren't many of the boats. It has to be said more of uh, no. activities. Yes, there was one of myself doing the Titanic. Yes. Because who wouldn't do that on a boat? You have to do that on a boat. That's like the law. Well, it may be the law, but it's the sort of thing you fall in at. True, yes. Yes, that is true. But I didn't, so it's fine. And then, what was the other, with, du- with all the duckies? With the ducks, yes. Yes, there was quite mm. a lot of ducks, wasn't there? So thank you, Dr Zamboni. We really appreciate the you getting in touch. We do, yes. Now, you sent me a photo earlier today of ironing water. I was so, honestly, when I saw it, I was like, that must be the stupidest thing and then you explained it, and now it does make sense. But when I first saw it, I was like, how are they getting away with selling water that you put in an iron? Like, you just use your tap, is what was going through my brain. Yes, but I think the many bottles of mineral water that are drunk in houses prove that um, you can sell water in all sorts of guises. Very true, very true. But I'm an avid tap water drinker. Yes, you are, yes. But certain members of our family won't touch it for some no. no reason. Yeah, so years ago, that would have been known as distilled water. And I think it was more popular because you would have put it in a car battery. So you used to be able to open the cells, with a little sort of vent on the top. And then if it was a bit low, you'd top it up with a little bit of distilled water. But mm. uh, nowadays, they all seem to be sealed, so you can't do that. So it was it's always been a popular thing in garages and petrol stations. The idea is if you put it in your iron and you've got a hard water area, the iron doesn't get clogged up with various bits of debris and i know yes. we're fairly hard water here and ours do tend to get 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 a bit clogged up from time to time 
Well, I don't actually own a kettle or an iron. No, so that's that's very true. I have a hot water tap and a steamer, which I guess is the same as an iron. It would still get lime scaly. Uh, possibly. You don't have an iron? No, I have a I have a steamer, oh. a clothes steamer. Yes, because it's, yes, so it's still got water in it, mm. which is going through little nozzles, so I suspect so. Yes. But possibly your tap is filtered, so may not be as much of an issue. So we had some good news last week on the car front. Yes. So Charlotte's 21-year-old now, Shogun, mm. uh, that has done quite a high mileage. It's over 200,000 that she uses for towing her horse box. Spectacularly failed the MOT after uh, the... Mechanics at her work jet washed all under the arches and removed quite a lot of undersill that was holding holding rust on basically. Oh God! Um, yes, so it looked very clean underneath, but there were a number of holes, and uh. there was an incident at the MOT station where the newly fitted and I hasten to add, not by me, starter motor virtually caught fire. Was still <coughs> engaging. And this was an MOT station that only does MOT. So we managed to push it a little bit further down the industrial unit to my mate's garage. But he's absolutely racked full of jobs. um, Mm. Everywhere just seems to be so busy. So it was a while before he looked at it. And then he MOT'd it. And then he said, there's quite a lot of rust. Uh, But a company local to us, who American also finishes, uh, did a fantastic job while we were on the boat. And in four days, had virtually rebuilt the whole car. I think uh, once they started prodding at it, it, um, the the holes got bigger and bigger. But uh, they they stuck to the quote, which was incredibly good of them. Yes. And, uh, yep, got it back. And then back down for a couple of ball joints and a few other bits and pieces. And it's finally passed after about six weeks start the fun again next year no no that's a good few years i think um so i'm next planning year. on getting under there with a wire brush and some product called lano guard which is some sort of sheep grease or something to do with sheep uh that's supposed to keep rust at bay so that should should stop anything else going uh and then my volvo estate went in and i was a, a little bit uh, worried that we we're gonna have a repeat of that but um no that sailed through so, uh, so that was all good, but it was uh, that was lucky. Mine sailed through as well, but mine is a lot younger than both of yours combined. It is, but yours is still eleven years old, and it it does drive mm. like new. It's um, mm. I hate to say it for an Audi. It's uh, <laughs> it's quite impressive, spectacular. It is. And talking of high mileage things, we were watching the Night Manager um, for probably the second time. And there's a scene in the first episode where there's a very old Mercedes-Benz taxi driving out of Cairo. And I said, oh, I wonder what the highest mileage is on a um, Mercedes-Benz taxi. And uh, would you like to hazard a guess? Oh, 500,000 miles? No. Too high? Um, It's, uh, no, nowhere near high enough. Oh, okay. One million miles? You're getting warmer. Still not high enough? Nope. Poor. One and a half million miles. Getting warmer. Two million miles? You're getting very warm now. I actually am in shock. That's ridiculous. 2.8 million miles. So almost three million miles? Almost three million miles. 
the guy who's driving it claims that it's had three engines. So does that count as the same car? Well, that's interesting. For those fans of Only Fools and Horses, there's a scene known as Trigger's Broom, where Trigger comes into the pub and says, I've had the same broom for 15 years at the council. Mind you, it's had 10 heads and three handles. So it's so not the same broom. It's, it's not the same broom. And this, this is quite an important thing in, in restoration of all sorts of things, not only cars, but... Um, boats and all sorts is how much can you change and it still be mm. original i mean minis for example you can buy a mark one heritage shell and it's then a relatively straightforward job to um, change the bits over or replace them you could end up with a completely brand new car and um and it's not the original in the slightest so it's, it's always an interesting interesting question interesting but, uh, that was a stellar mileage i have to say Talking of Audis, not the shark car. Yes, both are amazing. But, well... well (laughs) (laughs) Struggle to speak then. Yeah, pretty much. Well, having to say that an Audi was amazing. Uh, I came across an article about an Audi owner and their new car. And the car's got buttons on it, which is kind of unusual today. They tend to put them all on some sort of flat screen. Mm cheaper and it's much easier to to upgrade them but uh, some functionality does end up on buttons and particularly on the more expensive models anyway this gentleman bought a uh what is it it's an audi q4 e-tron and there's a button marked sync on it s-y-n-c not s-i-n-k okay yeah he pressed the button this is in denmark press the button and on the display unit, up popped a message saying, this function has not been purchased. <laughs> Which is a little what rude. What do you mean? I've just spent stupid amounts of money on a brand new Audi. What do you mean it's not been purchased? Well, the, apparently the thing is that uh, that model in the UK and the US has what's called tri-zone climate control. But that's not an option. In Sorry, it is, it's an option in Denmark. So whilst it's standard in the UK and US, mm, it's, it's an, an additional. Yeah, and he decided not to uh, not, not to buy it. But that then sort of brought up the issue, well, actually, is that function there and just turned off in software? Oh, so if you could hack it. Exactly. Mm. Going back many, many years, uh, the first sort of Windows Server, which was Windows Server NT, came in server and desktop versions. And there was a rumour going round that you could switch it from desktop to server with just one setting in the registry, which yeah. is, I've never proved. And I wonder if it's a bit like this, that somewhere or other there's a software switch that would turn it on, which would mm. be interesting. Because you look at some of these things that allow you to interrogate the car, there's, some of them will do all sorts of things and you can turn bits off and mm. turn bits on and do, do all sorts. So uh, who knows? Maybe Maybe that's up for a bit of hacking. Yeah. So you've started a new job. Yes. How was how's week? Well, we're in week two, aren't we? Week so two, how was, yes. How how is it all going? It's quite easy to be. Honest. It's only week two, so obviously, like I've, yes. my workload isn't very high at the moment. And yeah, I'm just kind of ticking along. My manager's on holiday this week because she's got kids, so I've got oh, yeah, a set it's, list it's of holidays. Yeah, I've got tasks that I was allocated last week, and I've pretty much done them all. Uh, but that's okay because Friday's bank holiday, so I do have less days to do them. 
Yes, it was um, a four-day week. Yeah, so Monday at home was a bit... I didn't really know what to do with myself. Today was better because I was in the office, so I had a lot of office oh. stuff to do. Tomorrow, I'm in the same office, so I might get a bit bored. But then Thursday, I'm up in London, so I've got lots of London stuff to sort out, which will be good. Excellent. That's mm-hmm. good. I normally find with these, it tends to go from not sure what you're doing, sort of kicking your heels a bit, to all of a sudden, your day is just running away with you. Yeah. So uh, I think probably just enjoy the calm before the storm. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, but we, um, the company rent the spaces, Regis spaces, they're yeah. like one one in the same. So I've made friends with all of those booking people because I book rooms, all meeting rooms all the time. <laughs> So I've made friends with them to the point where I met a new one today and they went, oh, you must be Laura. I was like, mm, yes, I am. It was a little, little bit of a worry. <laughs> yeah, just a bit, especially as it was the London office and I've only been there once and I was calling mm. from the Reading office and I was like, mm. Good. Well, we were talking about this um, with a colleague of mine about uh, the fact that we've moved into much bigger offices mm. during 2020. It was. And our old office was bursting at the seams with about 50 people in it. So this new one is 75, 80 people. And he says, I don't think we've had more than 15 in. So how long they're going to keep that, I don't know. I can't imagine very long. No. And actually moving to something a bit more flexible Mm. is is probably the right way to do it. Yeah. Something with a few more options for... The spaces is really good because you can... So if you've got your set space, but say you knew that actually an extra five people were coming in one day specifically for like a meeting and they wouldn't normally come in, you can just hire a space for five people for one day. That's brilliant. That is so so good. And they can basically make it next door on the same floor as your your other two or your other meeting spaces. So it works really well for that side of thing. And they've obviously got loads of casual seating downstairs as well with little booths and stuff where you can take phone calls in and little cafe. Honestly, I I feel like a proper corporate person now. Mm. It has (laughs) to be the way forward now. Mm. Yeah, we've been looking at a system of booking your desk in. So you don't oh, yeah. have a set desk or you have a yeah. set desk, but you have like a buddy system with your set desk. Yeah. So that if one of you's in, the other one can't be. So it's about booking in alternate days so that yeah. we maximise the space we've got. Actually, it's interesting to see the number of little apps that have sprung up over the last couple of years for exactly this sort of thing. Yeah, there definitely is an app that can do it, but I feel like I'm going to have to just do it to start with and then see how we go. Uh, I'd definitely go for the app. They won't, it won't be expensive. Mm. And it, it just means you haven't got to worry about it. Yeah, true. True. We'll see. Last week, we were talking about putting flyers on cars in car parks. I think we yes. deviated off topic somewhat. Oh, always. Well, uh, yeah. What a surprise. Ironically, I came across an article in the Birmingham Mail. So I, I don't know how much of a clicky baity thing it was. But it was talking about that if you were in a car park asking for change you could be breaking the Vagrancy Act of 1824, which comes with a £1,000 fine. How weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's just, it could be suggested as be, as begging, which is very strange. Interesting, yeah. Well, you see a lot of them, and they tend to be in this particular publisher's range of papers. And uh, uh, it's always could. I so see, you okay. C- you could be breaking the, you all could. motorists could be breaking the law. And then it's such a ridiculous item you just, and the problem is with these things they're so full of adverts this is turning into a rant now it takes <laughs> ages to load and as you, as you get to the interesting bit you get a pop-up over the top 
So I do tend to avoid them. But, then you uh, have to subscribe, pay money. Uh, well, you don't have to, but you do have to endure a whole load of adverts, which is, I guess, how they pay mm. their bills. I watched somebody get a parking fine today from my desk window. Oh. Yes, it lovely. It wasn't you, was it? It wasn't me. And also, I don't really understand why they got a fine. Maybe their ticket had run out. But they were in the lines. Mm. And then they appeared a few minutes later and I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a bit of pedantry about whether it's a fine or just a charge. Because I don't think, if it's a private company, I don't think they can fine you. No, it's the street parking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, a bit of counsel will be a fine then. Now, in one of my many trawlings around the internet, I found 45 vet clinic signs that will make you smile. No. They they weren't wrong. I tell you, they were not wrong. So this is in Carroll County. Mm. in the United States, and they have a big notice board where they can, a little bit like a Letraset system on the outside where they can put a message. And um, they've they've come up with some corkers. There's no two ways about it. Uh, it's a good bit of promotion as well. So a couple of my favourites. I won't read them all out. My dog will eat anything until you put a pill in it, then he's Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> and that is true of cats as well. Yeah, and I've I suspect seen those. most animals that they can just detect when there's something mm. that's good for them, that's going to yes. make them feel better. But <laughs> Even if it's wrapped up in their favourite cheesy meat baloney, Ex- they'll exactly. eat around it, lick the stuff off. Yeah, uh, this one is very true. If you lose a sock in the dryer or just about anywhere, it returns as a Tupperware lid that doesn't fit any containers. That is so true. We have got so many lids and so few containers. Yeah. And I just don't know where they've gone. That's actually not a problem in my household. Is that because we've got all your lids? No, all my containers have lids and all my lids have containers. But that's because we haven't got lots of Tupperware and we don't use that much yet. Right. We use it quite a bit in the freezer. Mm. We have more lids than we have um, the containers. And I don't know why. I don't know how that's happened. (laughs) It's the same as the socks disappearing. It's magic. Chris has started folding his socks together before they go in the wash so that I don't lose his socks. That's that's a very good idea. I mean, it is. But also, I don't feel like they're getting washed properly if they're folded together. No, I, I feel that. Or mm. dry properly. They could, could be a bit... Oh, no, I unfold musty. them to hang them. But they, then oh, they hang next to each other, so that's fine. That sounds like a lot of work. Well, it's just a little... But surely, if you could lose one sock, you could lose a pair. Well, if you lost a pair, then you probably didn't even know you had it. Yeah, mm, yeah, possibly. This one you'll like. If you love someone, let them nap. Yes. <laughs> I do like a nap. And, I, and this is the last one, and I like this one, because it's it's weird. If a black cat crosses your path, he probably has some important cat stuff to do. <laughs> so none of this good luck, bad there's nothing, luck. Yeah, there's nothing Open. wrong. Nothing wrong. He's just going about his cat business. Yes. I like that one. Now, you may remember last year, I think it was, although my grasp of how long things happened ago is is pretty slim, to be mm. honest. We had a couple of Boeing 747s land at Dunswell Park. Yes. And they're being used as various film sets and what have you. Well, apparently, somebody bought one for the princely sum of one pound... And yes. For a pound. <laughs> Sorry, pound. I forget that it's, this is a podcast. I made a face. One, there was a face. One pound for a Boeing 747 for British Airways. Uh, 
And that was in an auction. I don't remember seeing it on eBay because that's the sort of stupid thing I do. You. <laughs> yes. Uh, there has been quite a cost in securing a concrete pad at the airport, uh, which is the Cotswold Airport, obviously in the UK. Uh, so substantial cost for that and for things like electric hookups and what have you. Mm. So they reckon they spent about half a million pounds on this transform- transformation, but it is now a party jet. Fun! And it is brilliant it just looks so good in there as well and it would be a massive amount of space uh, apparently it's they're applying for a wedding license so you might be able to hire it that would for be cool. a wedding if you have enough money um they're doing typical tv show recordings in there and all sorts the only problem they've had is trying to get the toilets working mm. now, obviously the toilet on a plane is very different to a toilet you'd have on the ground. Yeah. In fact, I don't know whether they work on the ground, so they tend to work by vacuum. Um, so at the moment, they've got some very posh loos on the ground underneath, so you have to go out of the plane, use the loos, and then come back again. But That's all right, though. It's not like it's a million miles away. It's, it's not a billion miles away. But it is interesting how you can spend a pound on something enormous, and then it just costs an absolute fortune to get the just, thing, yeah. <laughs> thing usable again. But um, yeah, I guess they've got a business plan, and it's, it's yeah. going to work. I would go and party on a plane. Absolutely. I might get round this week to adding the missing website pages. And if I do, I'll put, a, <laughs> put a link up for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to do it at the weekend and I got um, sidetracked into doing it. Well, you've got an things. extra two days this weekend. That are yes, full. they're full. <laughs> yes, of course, this will be going out on Good Friday. It shall, so, it shall. Happy Easter. Or is it the rise or the death of Jesus? I always forget which one it is. Um. Well, he died on Good Friday and rose again on Easter Sunday, I believe. Yes, But it's okay. a long while since I've, I've read any of that. I think that's the way around. And how did your um, Lent go? <laughs> did you give anything up? Uh, I gave up uh, not being polite to people. Nice, nice. Which seemed to work quite well. So Good Friday, uh, if you're listening to this and you have children under 11 in the Cranley area, mm. then the Cranley Lions have an Easter egg hunt, which we'll all be present at doing yes. various sorts of jobs. Uh, for some unknown reason, Wife of Grumpy has been allocated a radio, which I think is a very, very bad idea. Oh, God, that is a bad idea. It really is uh, a bad Almost idea. as bad as the idea of allocating me a bucket of chocolate eggs. Yes, well, there is a limit on how much you can uh, eat, I guess. But no. There's no limit to the amount of radio, uh, what's the word, inadequates. That's the word I'm going to make up. Inadequates. There's going to be a fair few over and outs, I'm sure. Oh, there always are when the lines are concerned, which is quite frustrating. I normally don't have a radio, to be honest, because normally I'm in some sort of commentary box. Mm. And the last thing you want when you're trying to form a coherent sentence is somebody blathering about the toilets have caught fire. Yes. Which has happened. Um, have they? Yeah, yeah, we had a fire in the toilets once, mm. uh, which is to do with the generator. And um, a story for another time is when somebody died and then was resuscitated. Oh my um, god, dramatic. We had the air, air ambulance land in the arena. It was all very, very exciting when oh, you look not... back on it, but at the time... Oh yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But the, the man concern comes back every year to the car show. Uh, incredible, just it wasn't yeah. his time. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to see if I can swap jobs with uh, Mrs Grumpy. She's got a well better one than me. She gets She's a checkpoint marshal. Fun, like that. With a bucket that of eggs. That is quite fun. 
and radio. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Wife of Grumpy is very good at selling raffle tickets. Exactly. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. So maybe we should do a little switcheroo. I'm much better at counting children, making sure they don't get lost. No, you haven't (laughs) got to count them. All you've got to do is offer them some chocolate. And And try not to die when they come running towards you. Yes, yeah, we'll hide behind the post. Mm. I think where you are, I think, or where Wife of Grumpy should be, it's fairly obvious. It's a short distance and then on to the, where the plastic eggs are hidden. I'm swapping with her, 100%. She's very good at raffle sales because she harasses people. Yes, she is very good. Mm. Yes, very good indeed. So talking of Easter treats, yes, apparently Sainsbury's have produced something that has been described in the Manchester Evening News. Again, another one of these websites with lots of pop-ups and what have you, as being vile. I would highly disagree. Well, have you had this? Yes. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So carrots and chocolate flavoured hummus? Not that I wouldn't go for the carrots. I didn't have it with carrots. But it's... Is it carrot and chocolate? It's carrots dipped in chocolate-flavoured hummus. Well, the product comes with carrot batons and a dip made from chickpeas, golden syrup, sesame seed paste, cocoa powder, concentrated lemon juice. Which, as Davros would say, just because you could doesn't mean to say you should. It's quite nice. I have a weird craving of, like, salty chocolate. So when I was skiing, I used to get a Twix bar... Pack it of ready yeah. salted crisps, put the Twix in there and shake it about. That is a bit weird. And then the, the chocolate would get all salty. It was really good. So just like normal salted tortillas in the chocolate hummus. Oh. But you've got a really odd mix of things there. Chickpeas, golden syrup, sesame seeds, chocolate powder, lemon juice. There's nothing really sweet in there. But, oh, apart from the syrup, of course. <laughs> It's good. Well, what can I say? I don't know how to explain it, but it's not for everyone's taste. That is for certain, but I quite like it. It's a bit like the peanut butter and marmite. Ooh. Yeah, mixed, not for everybody. No, I will I will purchase some Please do. for us to I'm try not... over the Easter weekend. It's vegan, so you can't say no. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is. But as I said to the lady in the uh, local cafe, I'm not quite vegan. Not quite vegan. <laughs> Well, Manchester Evening News will uh, we'll report back next week. Yes. Now, I've got a couple of pet peeves I want to get off my chest. Oh, go on then. And I was in a lot of meetings last week mm. on Zoom, which I don't particularly like. I prefer ones when you're in a room together. But That just, would involve going into the office, though. It would, but the team of people I'm working with, some of them are located in Cheltenham. So it's it's unless we all get together travel distance it's not going to happen mm. so one of the my pet peeves is the use of the phrase end of i just it makes me great so somebody says something this mm. is the this is something end of so end of discussion i just oh, find yeah, it I don't incredibly like that. arrogant very and, rude um, i i think it's very rude and mm. um, and i've heard it a lot at this company and it just i just don't like it i just think no. it's and um, particularly when you have that conversation and then two months later you ask somebody, oh, how's it going? Oh, well, no, we're doing it this way now. Well, that's mm. what I suggested when you told me end off. So, yeah. well, you know, I think an apology is in order. Yeah, there's definitely a much politer way of going about that. Just saying we're going to give it a go this way. That's a lot nicer yes. than end off. Yeah, we're going, yes, exactly. Yeah, it's just, that's a horrible That's thing. a very um, Mr. Big Man, I'm showing off. 
I'm in charge. I make the last decision. Vibe. Sometimes. No, not always, to be honest. I mean, the, it was used last week by somebody I would not describe as... He's he's very um, very sure about the area he knows. And okay. he's definitely a subject matter expert. So in that respect, he was right, almost mm. certainly right. However, I don't think that's the best way to put it. No. Because it just well, it puts my hackles up. Anyway. anyway, the second thing, because there's two. Yeah, obviously. Just two. Obviously two. Just two. Just, just two for two today. On, two for today are wonky number plates on cars. <laughs> How and, do they even get wonky? Well, I didn't understand. And they're on new cars as well. So you mm. spend, you know, a new car is not cheap. I mean, no. let's say You're it looking like 20 with, starting price. Uh, oh, uh, more than that. But this yeah. is on expensive. On Teslas, I see it a lot oh. on Teslas. And that's a shed load of cash for one of those. And the back number plate is wonky. I, d- I just. Maybe I don't there's get a sensor it. there that they can't put the number plate over. No, because some of them are straight. Oh, okay. So some of them are. It's a continuity a issue. It's, no, it's, a, it's taking care. And if I bought a brand new car and I went around it and there was a wonky number plate, I would it. not be signing it. I just know <laughs> that you fix that. I'm not doing mm. that. I had to reposition or I had to fix something on Charlotte Shogun. Yeah. Involved taking the number plate housing off and the yellow caps that go over the screws had popped off and the screws had. Um, mm. And that was slightly on the wonk. So having ground out these screws because the heads are just completely gone, I then did use a tape measure to get it perfectly in the middle of the surround. <laughs> I was quite pleased with myself. Yeah, well done. Good, good yes, job. I thought so. Yeah, I thought it was a good job. Anyway, I'll stop complaining now. Okay. For, for a little bit. Now, we did a piece a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, about fish in a tank where they could manoeuvre the tank through yes. sort of a, a, a landscape. So, yeah. Well, apparently they've, uh, there's been another study to do with fish. And I can't remember why I heard it. I heard it on the television during the week. I think it was Have I Got News For You. Mm. And apparently they scientists have come up with the theory that fish can count and it is a well if you think wow that's Mm. quite amazing if you take it at face value it is but actually when you delve into the uh, the depths of it it's not quite as um fantastic as you think also fish can count is a very broad statement i'm not sure a goldfish can count because a goldfish can't remember anything allegedly but we don't really know do we but then what has it got to remember True. Yeah, what side Bosch is on, for example. <laughs> Why does it need to count? Well, they don't need to count, do they? But they, they set up this experiment, and not dissimilar to the um, the moving one, where they have some images and they, they basically, the image with so many dots on it, and then they take one away, and then does it swim this way or does it swim that way? It seems very contrived to me and a complete and utter waste of money. <laughs> uh, if, if you search for it, there's uh, Fish Can Calculate. So it was the okay. university. You, oh, hang on a minute! University of Bonn, April the first, twenty twenty-two. You've been April fooled. Well, more to the point. So, if I got news for you, <laughs> if that's true, you should message in and say, "Do you realise what day that was yeah. released?" That's hilarious. Do, they, do you think they know they got April fooled and they were just passing it well, along? Or I do. Scientists do April fools. Yes. Just Depends quick... what kind of scientist, actually. Well, these are fish scientists. Yeah, I feel like marine marine biologists are quite fun. Never met one, but I feel like they're fun. 
They like sharks and stuff, don't they? Yes. Well, they all seem to have come out on April the 1st, the uh, it's the, the fish site. <laughs> the fish site. They seem to be taking it very seriously. Mm. I think they've just poured an absolute corker. Yeah. I don't know how to send a message to uh, Have I Got News For You. It's Channel 4? No, it's BBC. BBC. Yeah, BBC. just message the BBC. Tweet just them. Message. Tweet them. Oh, yes, that's a good idea. Mm. I should I should do that afterwards. Yes, let us know how it goes. So, have you got a lippy top tip, Lippy? I do. For, it's not really from me, I saw, one of my friends told me about it. And I did actually think it was a really good idea because a lot of my friends have kids and obviously Easter weekend... Yep. Lots of lots of children activity based. Yep. Lots of Easter egg hunts. Lots of chocolate being gathered by yep. the children. And my friend said to me that what they do is they buy backup chocolate. Very good. So they buy extra Easter Easter eggs, the little mini ones, loads of those. Yep. Because she said what normally happens is obviously they don't let the kids eat it all in one go because that would just ruin their whole weekend with hyperactive sugar crazed children yeah so they have their own basket each and then they can they're allowed to pick stuff out of their basket but once the children go to bed the basket then looks very appealing oh no so to prevent eating the children's or in case something in the children's box looks better yeah they have backup chocolate (laughs) to replace so my top tip would be Buy some backup chocolate for your children so you don't eat theirs. I've got a feeling you did that top tip this time last year. Oh my God, me too. I just had a flashback. Yeah, I'm sure you did. But anyway, it's anyway, a good top it's tip. A good top it's, tip yeah. it's still valid. So uh, yes. And my friend still does advice. it. She tells me every year, obviously. <laughs> well, your friend is obviously still eating chocolate. so mm. And still her children's chocolate. There's something about it. It tastes nicer, apparently. Now, over the last couple of months, we've done a few pieces on the Olympics and yes. some odd stuff going on. Mm. Well, I have got a disastrous list of incidents that happened in the 1904 Olympic marathon. Love it. So, marathon, 26 miles. How many water stations do you think they had? 26. None. Stop! <laughs> done i was like i'm gonna go over the top with this i reckon they would have gone too many and done one a mile none None. they accidentally gave north american competitor tom hicks a cocktail made of egg whites brandy and rat poison how well it's purely simply incompetence Mm. Uh, they had a guy come into the race late wearing a beret cut off slacks sneak into an apple orchard during the race because no food had been given to him for 40 hours he ate rotten apples he projectile vomited onto the track fell asleep for hours and still finished in fourth place (laughs) impressive they conducted the race on a dusty road which caused so much dust to be kicked into the air that an american runner somehow inhaled enough to tear his stomach lining open oh my god they accidentally released feral dogs onto the track. <laughs> How? Well, who knows? I mean, the, 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 well, the, who knows? So the other competitors were so bad in terms of uh, succumbing to no water and dust mm. and all the rest of it that Tom Hicks, do you remember the guy that ate the rat poison yeah. and was hallucinating for the entire run came first? <laughs> Because he had no idea what was going on. He was just having a great no, time. I'm just going to carry on going. Probably so chasing I, a bottle of water. <laughs> yeah. 
please don't take this as useful advice if you're running the ma- a marathon anytime soon. Rat poison is not good for you, and not no. drinking is certainly not good for you. Definitely rot- not. Rotten apples, the best mate into cider. Oh, yeah. But not whilst you're running the marathon. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. Oh, talking of which, I see Caleb from Clarkson's Farm has released his own cider. Mm-hmm. I'm quite keen to try. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.